Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 81 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another crazy, crazy times. Guys, I'm not going to lie. This work week, it was minus 50 every day this week. Brutal. Stay in school, kids. Yeah, we have an outdoor job. It's not fun. But I have Friday off. I've been, like I said, I've been burning my holidays and everything. Although today's an EDO. And then Monday's a stat. So, yeah, it's a four-day weekend. It was funny. They actually uh, they asked me if I wanted to change my EDOs and come in. I'm like, nope, I am done for this week. I am tired of wandering around out here in minus 50. So, uh, yes, the Arctic, actually leading up, up till then for Saskatchewan or for Saskatoon anyway, our winter had been actually really easy. Um, yeah, we, we had a lot of snow, actually all our snow came in like November when we had our big blizzard, but, um, overall, um, temperature wise for Saskatoon, it's been really good. Um, uh, but you know, you know, it's coming. I mean, every year it comes, right? So you just kind of hope it's not, doesn't prolong and it's not that bad. So we'll see. It's supposed to kind of warm up next, well, warm up, I'm doing air quotes, but Although minus 10 will seem like, you know, friggin' shorts weather after this week. But, uh, yeah, well, the joys of living in Saskatchewan, right? I chose to live here, why? I say that every morning as I'm sitting in the car. You know, why didn't I live in Kelowna? Why didn't I live in the Okanagan somewhere? But, uh, anyway. <laughs> well, here we are, folks. Another Sunday. Another see-what-sticks-to-the-wall Sunday. Um, today, I will be talking about my my newest foray into Facebook, re-entering Facebook and the ups and downs that that has been already. Um, as well as a few topics. Um, well, I guess at the same time, as much as I loathe social media at times, it, it has created, it does create uh, topics for me to talk about. Um, there's a Gretzky manning up topic that I want to talk about. Um, I don't want to put too much time on it, but I will bring it up. Um, also, I know I had talked about this in a previous episode. <clears throat> I don't know how deep I got into it, but um, the best in the East. It is a players uh, voting uh, about the best uh, players and stick handlers and shooters and fighters in the Western Hockey League in the Eastern Division that used to appear in the Regina Leader Post newspaper um, from about 1987 to about 04, I believe. And... Uh, uh, a cat that I follow on Twitter. We follow each other. His name's Kevin Shaw. He's a Regina Pats historian. Um, he he actually sent all over, over the article. So Kevin, if you happen to be listening, th- again, thank you. Um, I've had these for a while now, but it's just fun to go back and, and, and read the uh, you know the '80s stuff and the names that are there and uh, 
Yeah, so I mean, there'll be some names on there that uh, you listeners will know, and others that you won't. But uh, you know, it'll be. Uh, I think I'll do just the eighties. So, like I said, it's eighty-seven. About three of them: eighty-seven, eighty-eight, and eighty-nine. I'll just cover those today. We'll just talk about the the fighter polls, and uh, you know, as the as the weeks and months go on here, and they'll and they'll they'll go on here. Um, I'll I'll get through those. Also. Um, it was um, an interesting idea that was brought up to me, and, and I really liked it. Um, kind of bounced back and forth, but um, I think going forward here, what I'd like to do is sort of just like a player spotlight. And um, you know, every every episode or every Sunday, um, I'll spotlight maybe an underrated guy or an unknown air quotes unknown guy to people. Um, but at the same time, he's going to have to have. Um, some fights on YouTube for you know for you guys to go look at afterwards or whatever. I don't want to. Oh, you should have seen this guy back in Des Moines in '76. You know, it's like oh, okay, great. You know, um, so I'll, I'll find guys that have at least some video, so there's a little bit of a sample size um, of them on YouTube that you can just check out. And uh, like I said, I'll try to I'll, I'll pick a guy that I think you know some people might not know or what have you and. Um, uh, well, I'll get, I'll do that last, but, uh, or at the end of the show, but, um, today's guy, actually, I know actually all of his videos, he's a fairly new kid. Um, actually all of his fights are on video or on YouTube. So you'll be able to check out his whole career and he was outstanding, but, um, yeah, I'll get into that at the end here, but, uh, yeah, something new or something different. I mean, it's a, you know, um, if anybody listening out there has any ideas or something that you think I should, I should cover, uh, please drop me a line and, uh, you know, I'll take, I'll, I'll take any help I can get at this point in terms of ideas. Cause like I said, this is just basically, um, your, your guys' show, right? I'll just talk about, you know, whatever gets, if somebody mentions something to me on, on social media, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll look into it and see and you know, maybe do something about it, uh, you know, with it. But, um, yeah, so I always, I always say email me at, uh, hockey fights. At hotmail.com. That's right. I still have my hotmail account. I have a million hot, um, email accounts these days, but I always liked my hockey fights at hotmail one. I think it's literally the first email address I ever owned, you know, and, uh, and it's perfect. Hockey fights at hotmail. How do you get better than that? So, but yeah, drop me a line there. And, uh, actually, if you have any pictures or stuff and stuff like that, please send them my way. I'd love to see what hockey fight pictures you have. As people know, I, I collect that stuff. So, um, yeah, just send me a scan or something. I dig it, man. That'd be cool. Um, also if you have any footage on old VHS tapes, it's, you know, collecting dust in the parents' attic or something, uh, go blow the dust off them and let me know. I'd love to see that stuff, you know, put it on DVD and transfer it over and, and at least preserve it. Like I said, um, cause if we don't, it, it's gone forever. And like I was just mentioning about YouTube, it's, it's really frustrating when you're, well, especially in the podcast game. I mean, say you're interviewing someone, you go to YouTube and there's one fight of them. You know, and there's no footage of the guy. You know, it's one thing when you're in the NHL, but yeah, it's it's really frustrating when the guy played junior, maybe junior A, and you know, in the lower minors, maybe in the United League or something, and there's just nothing. And the, and it's and I feel bad for the player because they want to see it too. And uh, you know, we just uh, you know just didn't collect it at the time. I wish the players had collected stuff. Um, you know, I've had this conversation with a bunch of them, and 95% of them never collected anything from their career. And, uh, and it's a shame because like I said, that stuff's gone. And, uh, so, but every once in a while, something will turn up, somebody will have it and, uh, you know, and it, and it's really cool. And so 
I know, especially for people around in Canada that uh, maybe played, uh, you know, the local cable company would play, oh, the junior game of the week or whatever. I know the on Shaw Cable here in Saskatoon, they would play the Blades games on Sunday. They'd pick a game from during the week and, and, and play it. And uh, I taped a couple of them, but, uh, but yeah, they would, you know, of course, back then there was always fights, right? So, you know, and without those, no one's seen anything. So I know local cable, um, you know, that happened, you know, around a lot of the Western Hockey League cities. Um, cause I've got the foot, some, seen some of the footage as well as in Ontario and stuff. So, and I know down in the States, uh, the minor league teams, some of them had, would play local cable games and, and what have you. So yeah, if you happen to tape any of that stuff, please let me know, get a hold of me. I'd love to see it. But, uh, no, other than that, guys, like I said, uh, member of the hockey podcast network, um, uh, about 40 other shows on the network. Every, every NHL team is represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. Um, and of course, those guys are really busy with the season going on now. They're always pumping out content. Isha, Dylan, and the pit producer Pigeon are always busy. So, uh, yeah, like I said, whatever team you're a fan of, check it out. Um, on the, of course, myself, Terry Ryan, and Brad Lieb were on the original creators side of the, of the network. Um, so definitely give their shows a shot. Um, yeah, um, like I said, for my for my off network friends, of course, I got Joe over at the Coliseum Chronicles. Um, it's an Islander enforcer uh, show, specific show, and I mean he's interviewed everyone from Mick Fakota to Eric Bolton, Aaron Asham, Jason Strudwig, on and on. Um, Joe does a great job, really thorough. Um, much like myself, Joe's old, just like me. Um, Joe, we're dated, man. We're old. We're relics, but. Uh, yeah, so Joe's been around the game for a long time, and uh, and uh, if you listened to my episode last week when I talked about the rankings from the Tough Guy magazine, that was Joe that did those. And, uh, you know, he, he worked with Stan Fisher on the Bad Boys books. The older folks listening will know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, so Joe's a wealth of knowledge, been around, like I said, a long time, and uh, his interviews are great, really in-depth. And um, I know this week marked the anniversary of Joe's um, his, his battle with the serial killer on the subway train. Now, if some people listening are, what are you talking about? Type in Joe Lozito into Google and you'll figure it out. Um, Joe has written a book about his, about that. And, um, he is a real life hero folks. And, uh, this episode was the anniversary of it. And Joe talks about it. I've had Joe on my show as well. Um, and we talk about all his magazines and Fischler and growing up and all that as a fan. But, um, of course, obviously we talk about the incident as well and the aftermath of it and, and what have you. So, um, no, it's a really, really interesting listen and I highly recommend it. Um, not just my episode, but Joe's new ones where he talks about it and, uh, you know, the, um, and, 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 and going through life after it. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely check that out. And, and like I said, and Joe, Joe's a good dude. Um, you know, I, I guess it's, it's always, maybe it sounds strange to say, but really like you call these people friends, even though you've never met in person, but I guess you're, they're internet friends. But I mean, I've known Joe since the message board days, in the late nineties, we've talked and we, you know, on and off for years and, um, no, really good dude. Um, and, uh, I'm happy to call him my friend and, uh, yeah. And, uh, same with a lot of the guys, um, you know, Steve, Alec, um, you know, uh, uh, well, I'll get to him in a second here, but yeah, lots of people that I've met, Tony, that I've met online, um, you know, through, through this hobby. It sounds so funny online. Yeah. Like the dating site, yeah, for other psychos, you know, but, uh, 
no, when you meet people of similar interests, right, that have to share the passion that you have for it, um, it's it's cool. And uh, like I said, these we've been doing this for decades now. And um, God, that sounds so. It, it's true though. Yeah. Um, so you know, I've known all these guys since the early late nineties, early two thousands. So yeah, it literally has been twenty years um, of trading footage and just you know, just story on the phone, just talking with them. And like I said, now in podcasting. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, speaking of one of those characters, my boy, Chris out in, out in BC, uh, I want to congratulate him. Uh, him, uh, they just had their first child, uh, Dylan James, everyone's mom and baby are doing well. Um, kid already has more hair than Chris. Uh, but people know Chris from, uh, you know, Realtor to the stars out there in Vancouver. But uh, again, another cat that I've known for 20 years, and uh, I always enjoy talking to him. Um, I always uh, he always gives me the feedback on the episodes, which I enjoy. And um, you know, definitely a, a Western Hockey League connoisseur. He could. Uh, we need to get him back on the show here. Um, he could lay down some science on some folks. Um, I know he'll be obviously busy with the kid now and everything else. I was gonna say though, you're up at night, man. You may as well just get on the phone, do an episode. But um, if uh, people probably know Chris from Twitter, uh, when I do my uh, my tournaments, especially my Probert tournament, uh, old old Naves there has been known to uh, really uh, write some very uh, tremendous. He's a wordsmith with his replies and his and his uh, his his breakdown of the matchups. Or I always enjoy Chris's writing. It was it's uh, it was great. Actually, the best part of I always say with Chris's writing was. Oh, I, I, I hate cause it's gone, but the drop your gloves board, uh, message board on there, there was a, like a, a love hate section where it, it would just be your own profile. Like, Oh, you know, Chris or whatever, but underneath it'd be Chris's loves and hates. Right. And, uh, and you just, you know, and people would have, Oh, I hate brochure. I hate this. And he's, a, and then they'd have comments about why. And, uh, uh, Chris's, uh, his, his descriptions of, of, of some players, I, I, thinking about it to this day, I'm still laughing about some of them. They were great. And, uh, yeah, I think, actually, I think that's probably what I miss most about Drop Your Gloves is Chris's write-ups. But, uh, no, they were great. And, uh, no, good dude. And I'm very happy, happy for him. And, um, yeah, congratulations, man. But, uh, yeah, who's the other podcast? I'm done. No, yeah, no, Alec. Alec over at Five for Fighting. He's a, he's a youngster compared to the rest of us old farts, but uh, share, shares the same passion. And uh, like I said, he's had great guests on from Segroy to Bialois to uh, you know Jason Renard, on and on. Um, Mike DeGurse, he uh, he does a good job, and he's back in the saddle and back at it. I know he took some time off, you know, uh, you know they moved and got married, and um, unfortunately got COVID, but he bounced back from that, which was good to hear. But he's had a lot of setbacks lately, or not setbacks, but just you know life outside of podcasting, right? Um, you know, but uh, he is back at it. He just released an episode uh, just basically ex- stating that, where what's been going on and, and going forward, what he plans on doing. And uh, I know he's releasing a John Hewitt interview here next week, um, or I guess this week coming up. I, I, I'm recording on Friday, but <clears throat> uh, obviously you'll be listening to this on Sunday or Monday. So this week um, is the John Hewitt interview is coming out. So and like I said, Alec is... Uh, um, always passionate for it, so no, it's good. Like I said, it's good to see him back. But uh, and then of course we have uh, Fred and Dave over at the Slewfoot Hockey Show, and uh, Dan, Paul, and Kelly at the Obey the Puck Show. 
couple couple more current hockey shows and uh, uh, I always say I listen to them so I don't have to watch but uh, they keep me informed about what's going on and uh, also I don't know and I shouldn't and I never bring them up and I <clears throat> it's not out of anything personal I just you know <clears throat> you can only you can only do your intro for so long but this intro has been 15 minutes already <laughs> but, <coughs> but pardon me but um, fight stories with Tyler Morrison Um I've, I've never mentioned his show on here before, but I really enjoy it. Tyler's a good guy. Actually, he's a guy I'd like to get on the show. Um, but yeah, they do a show called, uh, it's in C, they do different seasons and, uh, or it's a seasonal show. And, um, it's not just hockey. They talk with, uh, UFC fighters and, or mixed martial arts fighters and boxers and comedians and cause Tyler's a comedian himself. So, um, but they've had like Gillies on and Van and Bush and, uh, you know, on and on. So, yeah, definitely check that out. But, uh, yeah, there you go. There are the show plugs. All right, well, that's it for the episode. No, oh, I will say a funny story that was related to me by Mike Haley, former guest of the show, uh, former Spokane chief, not the Ottawa senator guy, uh, the former Spokane chief, Mike Haley, um, who I, uh, what episode was that? 70, uh, oh, it's escaping me now. Um, he was just on recently anyway. Um, a fun fact, highest, that's my highest rated episode, uh, player interview I've ever had was with Mike Haley. Um, but, um, yeah, I think, I believe it got up to 16 in Canada. That's, that's wild. The 16th most listened to hockey podcast in Canada at one time. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, he, but he, and he was a great guest, told some great stories. But, uh, from that, in the podcast, we talk about, a certain uh, footage of a Spokane brawl that uh, that was on YouTube, where Mike Haley and Kevin Sawyer end up pulling a Seattle Thunderbird player under the stands and beating the shit out of him. It's the wildest thing you'll ever see, um, and it's a preseason game. And uh, I had mentioned it to him. Well, funny thing is, he's the guy that uploaded that. Um, he had actually stole the game tape in. 1994, um, and sat on it for all that, all those years. And, um, the whole story is told in the interview. Anyway, Mike doesn't have a YouTube channel of his own, but he happened to be over at their friend's house and, uh, they were talking about it and, and they uploaded it, um, to uh, a friend of theirs. Uh, like I would say it was a, when I first talked about this video, I'm like, Oh, you guys got to see this footage. Cause I didn't know he had done this yet. I hadn't talked to him yet. Um, I said, yeah, it's some middle-aged woman, real estate lady's YouTube channel. All of a sudden has this, uh, you know, uh, she's showing a nice bungalow. And then in the next video, here's Sawyer and Haley beating the tar out of some guy underneath the stands. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? But, uh, no, it turned out she's a friend of theirs. Um, Tammy Cowell, I believe. I can't remember. I, sorry, I, nothing personal. Sorry, I can't remember what your name was, but, um, anyway, she's a realtor and that's her YouTube channel. But, uh, point of my whole story is anyway, uh, Mike had sent me a text there the other day and he was telling me how she has actually gotten business from this video. So, uh, that, that was funny to hear. So, uh, yeah, already the fourth liners in the market out there. Um, yeah, I have a realtor for you. Actually, I got a couple of realtors for you. Um, yeah, Chris will give you some fight DVDs too if you buy buy some buy a house off of them. <laughs> but uh, no, so that that was funny to hear. And if anybody wants to uh, hear that whole story, but if you want to check out the video, um, definitely it's, just go to Google or YouTube 
just type in 1994 Spokane Chiefs Brawl. And it's the very first video that comes up. It's 94 Brawl, Spokane versus Seattle. It's picture clear. It's from game tape. And, uh, yeah, watch the whole thing. Because they all, they fight in the penalty box and go into the crowd, the whole deal. It's the damnedest thing you'll ever see. Um, yeah. But that story of the tape and everything else is uh, told by Mike Haley in my episode with him. So please, uh, I encourage you to go back and check out the back catalog. Like I said, all my guests, uh, Steve McIntyre, John Morasti, Sean McMorrow. Um, you know, I just, while well, speaking of Sean McMorrow, I just had him on for episode 80 and uh, returned guest. And, and Sean's such a great guest, um, really thoughtful, on time. Uh, bailed me out because, again, I got ghosted by a couple guys, um, you know, and uh, but Sean was there. And I'm not I'm not trying to say he was like, oh, my last ditch or anything or, you know. But um, I like to uh, follow up with, with guys and, and, and one because, I mean, what are you going to talk about the career? I mean, you know, it is in it. We almost went three hours before. I believe it's episode 10, way back when. Um, you know, we did like a, his entire career. Um, so, you know, what more needs to be said at that point. But um, what we covered was his five toughest opponents, which I like to do, which I've done with Chris Graff, Josh Mazer, Dean Mayrad. And uh, like I said, for a guy with 500 fights, um, it's, you know, to find five guys, right? There's a lot of a lot of choices. But uh, Sean was a great guest. I, again, I encourage you to go back and check that out. Um, he, he goes really... No, it's in depth with each guy. It's not just oh this 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 this. Okay, thanks for phoning. You know, no, he goes in and thoughtful answers, and and it, it's always fun talking to Sean. And of course, well, there's another guy. He just started up his podcast. I, I off air, I was gonna say I tried my best to talk him out of it. I was like, don't do it, man. But uh, no, it's called the Sheriff, and him and uh, his co-host Kyle there. Um, they had Ant, uh, Chris Stewart on um, for their first episode, and uh, yeah, and uh, you know, obviously when. Kyle being a, a fight fan, and then of course Sean with all his, you know, from playing obviously and the knowledge, uh, should, they should be able to produce a very interesting show. So um, going forward, look forward to uh, seeing what else they do. But yeah, it's called the Sheriff's Podcast, so definitely keep an eye out for that. But um, yeah, guys, um, I had mentioned it uh, last week or on the Memorial intro, but um, yes. I'm finally back on Facebook. Yes, it is 2021 and I'm getting into Facebook. I mean, I have my own Facebook account, my own private one. Um, you know, like every, like I think the whole world does, right? Um, mine's been about dormant for about five years. I don't think I've posted anything on there in years anyway. Uh, I've mentioned it on here before that, yeah, I, I go on Facebook and get, scroll my news feed for about a minute and a half and get completely disgusted that I'm friends with some of these people or wonder why I'm friends with, still friends with some of these people. Cause I always like to say, I don't, I don't associate with dumb people. I mean, they weren't, they, they weren't like this in high school or, you know, or when we were in our early twenties, I don't know what happened. Um, you know, has age melted their brain or whatever, but, uh, yeah, it's eye rolling and pathetic all at the same time. So it basically, and it really soured me on the whole Facebook experience. And, uh, you know, not that Twitter's any better, but Twitter at the same time is a necessary evil when you're promoting a podcast. So, um, you know, and I, it's not like in anything, it's not, of course, not all bad. Um, but, um, I was, you know, I, I talked to Alec many times about creating a Facebook page for the, for the show, um, just for the simple fact of just another vehicle to advertise on. And, uh, really just a, basically a billboard for the show. And, um, 
because um, I think a lot of people aren't on Twitter, and especially I think for my demographic, a listener, um, I don't think I have a lot of new age fans listening to my show, um, and it's mostly old jaded fans, uh, and a lot of them aren't on Twitter, and uh, so I think, but lots of people are on Facebook, obviously, far more than Twitter. So, um, and I think that would probably be my key demographic would be more so on Facebook. So I finally decided to make the plunge, take the plunge and create a fourth line voice, um, Facebook page, uh, fourth line. It's obviously spelt word, you know, F O, you know, U R T A, blah, blah, blah. Uh, cause I couldn't use the number four, uh, but fourth line voice. Um, yeah. So if you're a Facebook user and you're not on Twitter, um, send me a friend's request or whatever, sign up for the, yeah, it'd be a friend's request. Um, you know, uh, on, on Facebook. Um, yeah. So anyway, but part of Facebook, of course, cause I always lurked, but I was, you know, cause I obviously had the account before my own name, but, um, Alec had started the enforcer appreciation group. I think it's got like 13,000 members. It's ridiculous how big it's gotten. Um, so I would, I would periodically scroll through there and see what's on there and that type of thing. But, uh, I figured, well, what the hell? I got Well, now that I'm on there, I got to join, right? So I've been, uh, and I've been actually really kind of throwing out. It's, it's probably the, over the last few days, probably just been picture and video overload because they're like, how much is this fourth line voice guy gonna post on here? Um, basically, I'm just trying to get what do they call build my brand? God, I hate, I sound so douchey when I say that, but for lack of a better term, that's what I'm doing. Because um, it's like putting up pictures doesn't do anything for me. I've seen all the pictures, but. Um, you know, but I like to, you know, I'm trying to share the videos and pictures that I, that I have been doing on Twitter all these years, um, on Facebook now. So, and, you know, and I try to find the, you know, especially if the guy's following my Facebook account, I'll try to tag him in the pictures. Like I, you know, I think all the pictures or videos I put up are of guys that are friends of the page and I already got about 300, um, you know, uh, friends, you know, as they call them on Facebook, uh, but it's ex players and obviously fans of the show and, and that type of thing. But I try to, you know, um, you know, actually I just, like I said, I put up, up some cool Carla Nordstrom stuff from the last night and, uh, you know, Jacques Dubé and, you know, Dube. And so I'm trying to, is it Dube? I always say Dubé because it said there's a D-U-B-E, there's a Dubé center here. So I always just sort of think it's Dubé. I don't know. I'm assuming. But, um, Mayrad's already like, ah, you can't even say the names right. I won't even, Terrio, I know, I got it, I got it. Somebody brought up Thero. Yeah, yeah, I saw you, wise ass. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, if they're following the Facebook page, I, I try to, like, put a video out for them or, or a picture that maybe they haven't seen or something, you know, just to, uh, so they can share it with their friends and their kids and that type of thing. So, um, that's basically what I've been trying to do on, on Facebook, as, as well as obviously contribute to the enforcer group not just my page, but the enforcer group as well. Um, so thank you for everybody that's been clicking on the fight videos and commenting and, and that type of thing. And, um, like, again, if you're on Facebook, uh, definitely hit me up, but, uh, where I'm going with all this as well is of course, um, I'm also seeing how, how Facebook's as bad as Twitter is, you know, but I guess it's just social media in a nutshell. I mean, I knew that already, obviously from my own page, but, um, in the group, it's just like, oh, like I was saying to Alec today, I said, why do some people just find the need? They just have to comment on everything. You don't need to comment on everything. 
like Alec put a picture up of Swanson and then someone else chimes in, yeah, but that's not as good as the Ted Lindsay one. Okay, well, okay. That has to do with this how, why? Like, why why bother? I don't get it. Like, just come on, what are you doing? You know, but someone's always got to chime in with something. Anyway, I had put up a video yesterday on the group of Wayne Gretzky getting hit by Bill McCurry at the blue line. Uh, for you older fans, you know what I'm talking about. He's a Leafs defenseman who caught Gretzky with his head down at the blue line. It was a legit clean hit, but he rocked him. And Gretzky was out. To Gretzky's credit, though, they got him up smelling salts. He's on the bench, whatever. He did come back and play. There's a point to this. Anyway, I guess following my lead, somebody else puts up the picture uh, or the video of when Bill McCult hit Gretzky. Um, when Gretzky was at the Rangers late in his career, I think it was his last year, um, Bill McCall really drills him. And anyway, it was the the comments were going back and forth about, oh, it's weird, you don't see Gretzky get hit very much, and oh yeah, well, no one ever hit Gretzky, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, if they did, Samanko and McSorley would kill him, which is true. Um, then, of course, these two yahoos have to start, well, if Gretzky actually got hit like everyone else, he wouldn't have played as long. And the other guy goes, yeah, that's the problem. Wayne needed to man up. He never did. What are you talking about? Well, he needs to fight his own battles. Of course, oh, then it's, that's why Bobby Orr is the best. Because Bobby Orr did everything. Well, he did. Uh, I will say, with everything, history is revisionist. These old timers love to think Bobby Orr is this big ass kicker or something. I will say this right now. I'm not knocking Bobby Orr as the player. He's one of the greatest players ever. I don't know how you compare him and Gretzky. One's a forward, one's a defenseman. So I don't know how that works. But regardless, you want to call Orr the greatest, then go ahead. He obviously was one of the greatest, and he's a pioneer and all that stuff. But he couldn't fight. So stop getting, get over this Bob Orr was tough. Like, or, or he was a tough guy because he took the pain, the pain he played in and everything else. But let's just stop with the Bob Orr is some great fighter. Like, fuck, you guys talk like all of a sudden he's, you know, this... Tony Twist or something. It's like, no. And there's enough video. There's about 9 or 10, and it's not like he fought a lot. Go look at the 9 or 10 videos that are up on YouTube of Bobby Orr fighting. I think he might throw three punches in all of them. Like, no, Orr couldn't fight. Now, he would, like I said, he would fight his own battles and every once in a while, and he did. And I said, I also said to the guy, well, there you go, because it shortened his career because of this. You know, with the shots that he took. And really, in the late 60s, early 70s, there really wasn't the enforcer. That role wasn't around until later in the 70s. And when Cherry became the coach, Jonathan and Winsink and O'Reilly, do you think Bob York got touched then? Not really, you know. Um, but, oh, Orr had to do it. And Bob, this guy was just going around in circles. Like, okay, I get it, you hate Gretzky. That's fine, whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm like, and they're like, so I'm thinking, so I said to him, so your answer to this in the Bill McCall hit, because Gretzky gets up and labors off and he leaves the ice. You know, see the pussy popped up and then just left. Okay, well, first of all, dummy, if you look at the video, he got drilled. He was about three feet from the boards and he got hit back into it. Well, at this point, he's in his late 30s. I believe it was his last season before he retired, so he was almost 40. If you looked at the score, it was 7-4 with four minutes left in the game. Rangers are winning. So you figure at this point, oh, he should just throw the gloves off and fight McCall because that's what a man would do. 
Like, where do they, where do these pinheads come from, really? I'm like, well, don't ever become a GM or a coach if you figure that the, the hockey's all-time leading scorer should have been fighting more. Like, oh, you're a fucking rocket scientist, buddy. You know? And I said, well, Eisenman and Brett Hall and Joe Sackick never, never got hit either or fought. In fact, I'd be willing to bet Gretzky has more fighting majors than those guys do. So, what are you talking about? No, you don't have those guys fighting. That's exactly why McSorley and Semenko were employed. So people didn't do that. But Gretzky got hit. Now, there's a difference. I've said there's a difference between hitting and running people. Like, you'll know the difference. McCult ran him. And like I said, it's down four minutes left in the 7-4 game and you run Gretzky. Yeah, you're not just playing the body. You know, hey, McCall's trying to make a name for himself, whatever. I don't, I'm don't. i not knocking McCall. I'm just saying, you know, there's a difference there. But when Bill McCurry laid out Gretzky at the blue line, there was no fight. Semenko didn't leave the bench and go grab him. You know, uh, probably a good thing. And everybody always says, oh, he never played again after this. As someone pointed out, that's not true. Bill, Mc- Bill McCurry only played 12 NHL games, but his hit on Gretzky was in his third game. So he did play. And everybody goes, oh, there was a rule around the league. It was unwritten, but you didn't hit him. Well, no, there was no rule. Like, just, But again, this is the myth that it's created from stories and old-timers talking. And, oh, I talked to an ex-player and he said there was an unwritten rule. You didn't hit Gretzky. Well, no, there was no unwritten rule. Yeah, the unwritten rule's name was Semenko. So you could go hit him if you want. Go try it. See what happens. So that was the, there was no unwritten rule. It was just... You, if like as if you want to play fuck around, you can do it, but you better be ready because Semenko's going to come get you, or he's going to get one of your teammates. So you decide what you want to do, because that's how it was back then. Now nowadays it's not like watch the shit that Crosby takes and that McDavid takes, and yeah, because no one's afraid of anybody, and there's nothing you can do about it anyway. I don't blame the guys. I'd be all over McDavid and Crosby too. I'd take an extra shot at them. Why not? What's anybody going to do about it? You know, that's why Toronto, watch Austin Matthews and those guys just get a beat. Well, why? What's in, clearly Montreal, Toronto, all they'll do is flip a puck at you, you know? So I don't blame the guys doing it, you know? So, but no, back then, yeah, no, if you legitimately were going to mess around with Gretzky, you are going to get it. There was no, well, we'll talk about it and something might happen or next game, you're, you're dead. No, no, it was, it was happening. So I'm always surprised. I'm, I don't know how Bill McCreary, uh, um I don't even know if he got a penalty on the hit. He shouldn't have got a hit penalty, but again, it might have been Alan Gretzky, so maybe he got one. But um, I'd like to see how the rest of that game went. I don't know if he, I don't think he fought though. And, um, you know, so, but uh, it was unwritten. That's why no one knows about it. Well, for for no one knowing about it, everyone sure talks about it. So um, that, and you know, at the same time, Gretzky's out there like you're playing against other first line players and that type of thing. So it wasn't like your your fourth line hitters were out there against him anyway. But um, and he was elusive, you know, because he was small. Like Gretzky probably was a buck seventy, buck eighty. You know, he wasn't a big guy. So yeah, he's not going to go into the heavy traffic areas like he talks about. That's why he ended up going behind the net. And you know, as everybody calls it, his office. Well, like he said, that's why I did that in junior and stuff was to protect myself. And get out of the traffic. Because back then in the obstruction era and stuff. and I mean you'd get defensemen laying the stick and everything on you. And, and basically hanging off you. So yeah he decided to you know do that as a barrier. So 
Yeah, I can't believe why I'm explaining this. But these, but these two pinheads in this group were just not letting it go. Like, they weren't, like, okay, again, I get it, you don't like them. That's fine. I'm not saying you have to like them. But you know how ridiculous you sound right now? And it's like he was the only one. Like, he was the only player in hockey history to never get hit. Everyone else got hit and had to fight their own battles. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. I'm like, uh. So I said to Alec, I said, I signed up for Facebook. Why? <laughs> it's just stuff like that. But at the same time, no, thank you for being stupid and posting that because you gave me a 10-minute topic to talk about on my show. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, it, it, it was pretty painful to, to read. So I'm like, oh, well, there you go. Some things... Never change. But uh, how about we look at these best in the East um, newspaper articles that I was talking about. Um, Okay. Like I said, they had a a number of different... Oh, best offensive defensemen. It's interesting. You know, when the... So this is 1987. And this isn't the... Like I said, this isn't the entire Western Hockey League. This is just the East. Um, so yeah, anybody out there listening, if you know the best in the West ones, let me know, hit me up. Best offensive defenseman, Mark Tenorti. That's interesting. Ryan McGill, Lyle Odeline, Bob Wilkie, Ken Spangler, Wayne McBean. We're all on the list. Best playmaker, Len Nielsen from Regina. By 40 points, or by 40 vote, got 40 votes. You know who was a distant second with 16? Joe Sackick. See, isn't that funny? And then, uh, you know, Theron Fleury from Moose Jaw. Pat Alenuk is on here. Sheldon Kennedy. Uh, best goaltender, Mark Fitzpatrick. Fastest skater, Theron Fleury. Best body checker, Dean Schnauf. Best on the faceoffs, Mark Jansons. There you go. Here, indulge me. Len, I, I, I'm not quite... This is 1987, so I was uh, I was 11. So bear with me. I want to know who... Len Nielsen. I want to I wanted to hear, look at this guy's stats here. He's a playmaker. Well, there you go. Yeah, well, he had three straight 100-point seasons with the Regina Pats. And his final season, yeah, so this has been 87, yeah. 36 goals, 100 assists, 136 points. Yeah, I'd say that was probably a a, a good selection. Good, good call on uh, on old uh, Len. But uh, anyway, best fighter. This is really interesting, guys. Um, with 42 votes... Uh, Mike Keane of the Moose Jaw Warriors was voted the best fighter, and uh, unfortunately, 1987 there isn't. There, I have on my YouTube channel, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. Check it out. 2200 fight videos, junior to pro. Um, but on that, in on my channel, I actually I don't have many. I have a few Mike Keane fights. I think I only I think I only have one junior fight of them. It's a really good fight though. Um, but yeah, there just isn't. You know, like I said, that's 1987, right? Um, I wish there was more footage, but uh, Mike Keene is number one with 42 votes. Second with 27 votes is Tony Twist from Saskatoon. Um, Twist would play, this was his rookie year in the Western League. Um, he played two years in the, in the WHL. And uh, now that Tony Twist, I do have a bunch of Tony Twist junior fights on my channel. Um, yeah, he played 86-87, then 87-88. Actually, so this would be his second year. Yeah. Um, but yeah. No, this is no. This be his, no. It'd be his first year because uh, yeah, because he's in the next one. Yeah, so yeah, and then uh, with twenty seven votes would be Twist, and then third would be Darren Kimball, then Kerry Clark, Rod Dalman, Mark Jansen, Mark Tenorti, Ken Spangler, Dale Kushner, Kevin Shovel Dayoff, the GM, Pat Elenuk, Ian Herbers, Kevin Kaminsky, 
Jim McKenzie and Jeff Rogers all with one vote. So yeah, it's interesting when you see the names. You know, of course, some of those. You know, my you guys listening will know a lot of those names were. Of course, they went on to the NHL, but um, yeah, there you go. The 1987 best in the East number one fighter, Mike Keane. I don't know. Again, maybe maybe I'm boring everybody, but I don't. I always find I just find stuff like this really interesting to go back and and read and you know, especially you know with uh, you know knowing what we know now, right? Yeah, okay, so that was Twist Rookie Year. So, okay, in 1988, what do we got? My clicking of my mouse is probably, like, just, like, driving people nuts. Uh, okay. Best body, oh, Dean Schnauth once again. Rich Pilon was second. Kevin Chevaldeoff. Kelly Chase. Mark Janssens. Curtis LeCision. But, best fighter, um, of course, number, 44 votes, Darren Kimball. Or, pardon me, Tony Twist was number one. Darren Kimball was number two. Mark Jansen's number three. Jim McKenzie, number four. So there you go. That's a pretty solid top four uh, fighters in the Western Hockey League. As I say, I think the voting was pretty good. Then uh, Kevin Kaminsky, uh, Kerry Clark, uh, Kevin Sheveldayoff, Dean Schnelth, and Lyle Odeline. It's interesting. I was there in the in the top uh, five, there's three Sas or what, one, two, three, four, five. The top six, three of them were Saskatoon Blades. That tells you how tough the team was. Um, and actually, like I said, I, I you know I hate to keep pumping up the YouTube channel, but um, yeah, like fourth line voice on YouTube. I have a bunch of, t- not lots, but I have Tony Twist. I have Twist and Kimball or yeah, well I have Twist and Kimball's fights on my chat from Western Hockey League. Um, but also I have, uh, some Kevin Kaminsky and some Kerry Clark fights on there. Um, as well as a couple Jim McKenzie fights. Um, yeah. And Lyle Odeline. Actually, I put it on my Facebook group. Um, a fight from junior with Lyle Odeline and Kelly Chase from, from the old, uh, from the old uh, Saskatoon Arena. So yeah, definitely check that out. And, alright, the final one will be for night the best in the East for 1989. Best fighter with 30 votes, Reed Simpson of the Prince Albert Raiders. There's another guy, you know, I when I said earlier about the, the fighter in the spotlight, uh, the underrated guy, I think Reed Simpson could definitely go in there. Now, I know people listening, or I know who Reed Simpson is. I know you know who Reed Simpson is. Um, but have you ever looked deep into his career? Like, have you gone back and watched the Hershey stuff or his junior stuff? There's another guy. I have some of his Prince Albert fights on my channel. Um, but, yeah, he is tremendous if you go through his Hershey stuff. And, yeah, I was a big fan of Reed Simpson. Yeah, and, I mean, I was in the same boat, right? Like, I mean, I, mean, I knew who Reed Simpson was. I'd seen some of his NHL stuff and, and all that. And, um um, and sporadically here and there, but, um, it wasn't until I got the Hershey DVDs and I started going through them and, uh, he is, like I said, some great fights with just like Langdon and Bonvi and on, on, I mean, dude fought everybody. And I mean, tremendous, do yourself a favor, Reed Simpson, but yeah, I could see best fighter here, Prince Albert Raiders. And then with 27 votes, uh, Darwin McPherson from Saskatoon. And of course, um, that's a really interesting and a really sad story with Darwin McPherson, um, he had, he was in the Alps and he, uh, skiing and he went missing and his body wasn't found for, oh geez, I, was it 10 years, 15 years? They, and, um, you know, and the family, oh, his parents never gave up and they, or he went missing basically. No one knew what happened to him. And, uh, yeah, they eventually did find his body, but, uh, yeah, that was a real tragic and really sad story. But, but yeah, he was a big tough D man. I believe he was drafted by the Islanders, I believe. But yeah, he was in Saskatoon here, and uh, he's Saskatoon per, uh, resident. But uh, yeah, I can remember yeah the miss uh, hunting for 
Searching for Darren McPherson. Yeah, that's uh yeah, look that up on, on Google. I think there's a I think there's a documentary on it on, on YouTube as well, but definitely uh if you want uh want to check that out. But um yeah, so he was number two and then number three, Scott Daniels, uh then Cam Brown, Darren Raider, Jim Matheson, Kevin Sheveldayoff, Dan Corda, Clayton Gaynor, Corey Bolio, Jeff Audgers, Drew Sautel, and Darren Stoke. Yeah, Medicine Hat had a really tough team that year too. Corda, Gaynor, and Stoke were all on Medicine Hat. Uh, I know Josh Mazer's sitting up in the tractor listening to this going, yeah, see, I told you, I told you. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think, who is the guy? Oh, now I can't remember. There was a guy at Medicine Hat. Mazer always used to tell me, yeah, go watch that guy. Oh, who was it now? Might have been Clayton Gaynor now that I think about it. Yeah, I think it was. But, uh, yeah. That's some tough dudes, yeah. And like you said, Scott Daniels, of course, went on to the NHL, and um, Cam Brown played a long time down in the East Coast League. And um, I can remember watching uh, Bader and Sautel. Um Yeah, I actually have the Saskatoon Blades '89 fight DVD from that year. Um, I have to go. I haven't watched it forever. I'll have to go back and watch some of that. Some of the stuff should be on my channel, but probably uh, I could probably put more. But I should actually just now. I was I was noticing a bunch of people. Um, there's like entire like DVD. I, I always just put certain fights up, uh, of, uh, on my YouTube channel, but I've noticed some people have like put up 20, 30 hour long, like just DVDs or well, they'd be on DVD or VHS tapes, uh, fight tapes on their, on their channels. Maybe I should just do that. I mean, I have a bunch of stuff here instead of just piecing it off, just put the whole thing on there. And yeah, if you guys want to watch like the 1989 Saskatoon Blades, Fight DVD. Well, there you go. I'll put all hour and a half of it up on YouTube. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. Yeah, going forward. Anyway, uh, yeah. So there we go. The best, the best fighter polls for uh, 87, 88, and eighty nine. And like I said, I have them up until uh, till oh three. So um, I'll do those each week. I'll uh, I'll do a couple each week, and we'll go through the names and we'll we'll see who's on there and. Um, yeah, like I said, I really like that stuff, but, uh, again, if anybody out there knows the best in the West, what news, all I needed to know was the newspaper that did it. Um, cause I think old, old Jay in Finland at that point is like a bloodhound. I think he could track it. He could track it down for sure. Yeah, guys. Uh, that's, uh, 47 minutes. Well, like I said, I think, uh, what I want to do from each episode going forward here on the, well, on the solo episodes anyway, is kind of the fighter spotlight and, uh, Today's uh, will be a Western Hockey Leaguer. Uh, you know, we're talking about the best in the East and, and all that type of thing. I know they didn't have the poll up at that time, but uh, if they had, this guy probably would have been in it. Um, so you folks, of course, out West will know who I'm talking about, but, uh, you know, maybe for the, some American listeners or the folks out East, uh, you don't know. Because um, this uh, his name is Tanner Lassan. L-E-S-A-N-N, Tanner Lassan. And uh, he played for the Swift Current Broncos for three years. Uh, in uh, 2012, 13, 13, 14, and 14, 15. Um, you got a total of 53 fights over the course of that time. And, uh, and then he went on and I think he just, he went, he just, he did the smart thing, uh, and went to school, I believe. And, uh, he just played some junior B and, and, um, probably playing senior somewhere now. But, uh, so he never played pro or anything, but, um, which I always say selfishly, I wish he had, cause I would have loved to have seen him in the minors, but, um, he, he made the smart play, I will say. But, um, 
Yeah, no, he was a lot of fun to watch. Undersized guy. Um, I mean, they have him listed on Hockey DB at, you know, six feet, one, 160 or something. I, you know, I, he's a little heavier than 160, but, uh, but by no means was he, a, was he a big individual, but, uh, he could throw down. I mean, just, um, uh, you know, I'm not going to throw in all of his fights, but I mean, Chance Braden, at Wall and, uh, Ryan Graham and stuff like that. I mean, um, like I said, being that, um, early on, or I guess it would be that late and like, whatever with, of course, with the internet TV and everything being around, um, you know, obviously there was an opportunity to record everything. So if you go to hockeyfights.com or YouTube, whatever you prefer, all of his fights, actually all 53 of his fights, pretty much, but at least 45 plus are all, are all there. So you can definitely get, uh, so you can, you can see, um, all of LaSanne's fights. And I think you guys will be highly entertained uh, if you go down that rabbit hole, believe me. And um, because he, he was tremendous, just a wide open toe to toe fighter. And, uh, and, uh, and I, and I think you guys will really enjoy it. Um, like I said, Swift current Bronco and, uh, and yeah, so uh, there is my first uh, edition of the player spotlight will be on Tanner LaSanne. Um, again, I think going forward, I'll, uh, you know, I'll try to find a guy each week that, uh, you know, maybe people don't know about and that there's some footage of and, uh, we'll throw them up here and we'll get these guys some love and some, uh, some ink, so to speak. Cause I think, uh, you know, you guys as, as listeners, I think if you go and check it out, I think you'll really enjoy them. So yes, Tanner Lasan, there you go. is the first player in this, of the spotlight, but, uh, well, there we go, guys. Um, I know, sorry, these, uh. Most of a while, I get really scrambly with these episodes, and I'm sort of just all over the place talking. Um, I usually find it's, um, it seems, I, I actually recorded part, like I said, a part one with uh, Carla Nordstrom this morning, and I got to do part two here in the, in the weekend, but yeah, and then I've kind of just been going around the house here, cleaning, doing stuff, and um, I, like I said, I briefly wrote some stuff out, so I, pardon me if I sound sort of um, all over the place talking, but um, I apologize for that, but uh um, like I said, I interviewed Carla Nordstrom, so that'll obviously be the Wednesday uh, episode. Um, uh, he is, uh, like I said, we're really early into his interview. We're only like a half an hour in, but uh, yeah, no, he played uh, in the SJHL, then played college hockey, and then went on and played in the minors. He had a played uh, in the preseason with the Ottawa Senators. Um, then he played in the IHL, the AHL, the West Coast, the Western Pro. Uh, we haven't got that far yet, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. And, and uh, big tough guy. I mean, he wasn't like fourth line super goon or anything, but um, he did fight um, again. I, I always, I know I keep harking back to it, but my YouTube channel, um, there are some Carlin Nordstrom fights up there with. Uh, he fights Blue Ann, uh, Morissette. Uh, who I'm trying to think who else? Aaron Downey, Dale Purrington. I think of the four fights I have up. I believe four or five. Anyway. I'm going to try to find more, but that's what I have so far. Um, yeah, and just uh, uh, for the for our, the SJHL enthusiasts out there, he played for the LeBret Eagles in their inaugural season. And, in fact, he actually scored the first goal in team history. And, uh, you know, a little trivia there for you. But, um, yeah, no, he's a good, nice guy. Um, it's been fun getting talking to him early here. So I look forward to finishing up our interview with him and, uh, you know, and, and talking in the future with him. Um, but yeah, that'll be uh, Wednesday's episode. Like uh, I would say around here, Wednesday, uh, we like to do an interview show. And then uh, whether it be with a player, um, fight fan, 
uh, what have you. It'll be with there'll be someone else besides me anyway. We'll put it that way on Wednesdays, and then of course Sunday you get this, whatever this happens to be, whatever you want to call it, a rant, a potpourri show, a stick to the wall. Uh, shit show Sunday, whatever you want. Probably shit show. Shit show Sunday is probably more uh, applicable. But uh, yes, that is it. In fact, guys, I'm, like I said, it's been a long week, been very cold, and uh, I'm just sort of done talking for today. But uh, I'll wrap this up. But thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Again, check me out, uh, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube, uh, Fourth Line Voice on Twitter, um, and now on Facebook. Uh, join Alex as a for- enforcer appreciation group, uh, and uh, and like I said, get in there and talk about uh, talk about something underrated. Hey, Alec. <laughs> all right, guys. I will uh, talk to y'all on Wednesday. Thanks. Have a good weekend. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?